0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at FreeChapel.org. Acts in Acts chapter four. I love the book of Acts, and uh, in Acts chapter four is a great story of is following what God has done and the Holy Spirit has done in the upper room in the early church that really birthed the early church. These guys got together. And they did what Jesus had told them to do. He said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came and and came like tongues of fire upon each one of them. And they got so filled with the Holy Spirit that they went out. And the Bible says, and we pick up in Acts chapter 4, they went out, Peter and John went out. Once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and it says that they started to just preach. It, they didn't wait for Sunday service or a pulpit or pretty lights or a band. They didn't. They just saw that there was a need for the gospel and they allowed what God had done in them to start to flow through them and eventually come out of them. The Bible says that they came to the gate, beautiful, and beside the gate there was a paralytic crippled man. And they prayed for him and he got healed. And when he got healed, people started to gather. So Peter and John start to preach the word of God and they preach and the Bible says that people started getting saved and more people were healed and the authorities who had crucified Jesus, of course, they didn't like this. So they get Peter and John and they put Peter and John in prison. But they have this dilemma because the authorities are in this difficult position because They have this discussion in Acts chapter 4 where the authorities start to talk to each other, trying to work out what are we going to do with Peter and John? Because the Bible says that as they're talking with each other, they're talking about the fact that they actually want to keep Peter and John in prison. But they use this wording. They say we cannot hold him because we cannot deny the miracle that has happened. That's when you know that you are walking in the Holy Spirit inspired life that God has called you to walk in is when you start to walk and operate in things that the enemy cannot deny over your life. When you start to walk in miracles, when you start to walk in breakthrough, when you start to walk in blessing that doesn't make sense and even haters and people that would want to ridicule you and would want to tear you down and want to pull you apart Heart, they look at you and they see that you're walking in something that they cannot deny. In fact, so much so that the Bible says, and I'm not going to I'm not going to preach this as a message, but it's a, it's another message that I preached before. But in chapter four and verse thirteen, it says, "Now when they saw the boldness, let me just set it up for you. Peter and John get an opportunity in court to defend themselves, and the Bible says that Peter got up." And he spoke with such a boldness. When he got up there he addressed the court and for sake of time we won't read the whole the whole the whole message that he shared with them. But what He spoke to them, understand, these are the same men that crucified Jesus. They have the authority to also crucify Him. But something came over Him. Something got upon Him. And He got up in the face of intimidation and in the face of fear and in the face of doubt. He began to speak to the court. The Bible says, with such a boldness. It says that the court looked at him and it says they recognised, they knew that these were, in verse 13, untrained, ordinary, uneducated. Another version says uneducated, untrained men. And it says this, it says they recognised that these men had been with Jesus. They recognised that what these men were walking in was undeniable. They recognised that what these men were carrying was not something that made sense to the people that they were. They must have encountered something that was higher, something that was greater than who they were. These are just uneducated, untrained men. But I want to tell you there was a spirit of boldness came upon Peter when Peter got up and addressed that crowd. And I want to encourage you that God has called each and every one of us to also carry upon us a spirit of boldness, a boldness that comes upon you. Wouldn't you like that when you go for that job interview and you start to talk in a way that doesn't make sense to who you are in the natural, you start to operate in something that's bigger, that's greater than who you are. So the court, they have this this problem because they've said, they, they talk amongst themselves After Peter has talked to them and addressed them, they talk amongst themselves and they say, we can't deny the miracle that has happened. We can't deny it. We can't explain it. It doesn't make sense. Everything that we would try and use to discredit what these men are operating in, the results speak for themselves. Something is powerful when you start to operate in something that speaks for itself. Something uh, when you start to see miracles that happen, and I believe it and I'm declaring it over each one of our lives this morning, that it's time for us to step into the undeniable. That it's time for you to see things happen in your family that are undeniable. That when people ask you, how did you manage to work out that situation? You're going to only be able to attest to the goodness and faithfulness of God, that it was undeniable. That right there was a miracle at work in my life. But look at what happens here. The Bible says that they, that they gather together and they start to talk and they say, we can't deny it. So they say, let's do this. Since we cannot deny the miracle. What we're going to try and do, we're going to tell them, the Bible says that he said to them, we're going to let you go, but you cannot speak about what has happened. See, this is a strategy of the enemy. What the enemy will try and do, if he cannot deny something, he will then try to contain it. This is what they thought. They say, we cannot deny this miracle. So what we're going to try and do, if we cannot stop what God has done in them, let's try and stop what God might do through them. Let's try and shut down. We cannot deny what they have experienced. We cannot deny what they have encountered. Clearly, they've been with Jesus. Clearly, they've had an encounter with God. We cannot deny that. But what we have to try and do is if we can at least contain it, we can keep the move of God to just being have happened with just them. This is something I believe of a strategy that the enemy tries to use to keep the church within the four walls of the church. He says, have your encounter on Sunday. I cannot deny that you encounter God. I cannot deny you felt the Holy Spirit. But what he wants to try and do is he wants to try and contain and keep it to just a Sunday experience. If I could just keep them thinking that the encounter. Encounter with God is only about what God is doing on a Sunday service in church, in a church building, then I've won the battle. If I can just keep them contained. But I want to tell you, I believe that God wants to release in each and every one of us a spirit of boldness that will not be contained, a spirit of boldness that will declare out of our mouth that our God is good, that our God is faithful, that our God is a miracle-working God. Take about ten seconds and give God praise right now. It's making that decision to say, "I am not going to contain what God has done." I remember when I got saved. I had, a grew up a Christian home. You know my story, and I had a, a powerful God encounter. That was how I could, that's the best way for me to describe it to you. After spending years running from God and and trying to do life on my own and, and turning my back on God, it came down to one particular night where I had a God- encounter. It wasn't a service. It wasn't a song. It wasn't a message. It was undeniably an encounter with God, where I cried out to God. I pointed to heaven and I said, God, if you are real, I need you right now. And the best way to describe it was I felt like the love of God Almighty invaded, violently invaded that room that night. And I had an encounter with the living God. But when I, when I was in church, the first few, few probably a year or so of being in church, I remember I didn't quite know, especially friends of mine that were unsaved and people that I would encounter that didn't know church and they were unsaved. I didn't quite know how to communicate what God had done in a way that would make sense. Because what I think we try and do is we get so worried about trying to come across weird to somebody We get so worried that we actually end up watering down the revelation that you've had and watering down the encounter that you've had in an attempt to try and make it palatable for people. I want to tell you something that will change your life. The Holy Spirit does not need your help. He is really, really good at doing things. What He needs is an open vessel that will just be obedient and just share what God has done. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to contain your encounter with God I remember and you've heard me say the story I won't go into the whole story but I remember when I was getting my hair cut at a hair salon in Melbourne and I, and I walked in there and and the guy came up and, and I met him and we sat down and we just start talking and and he's he was uh, he was married to another man in a homosexual relationship and they they owned this um this hair salon and so we just start talking and he says to me oh what do you do I thought this will be interesting I said to him, I'm a pastor. Now, when you say, Australia is very secular. So if you say you're a pastor, often they don't know what you're talking They think you're talking about Italian food. So you've got to explain it a little bit. He said, what do you mean you're a pastor? He said, like a priest. And I said, sort of. He said, but you seem so normal. I said, thanks. He said, you don't wear a collar? I said, no, I wear a T-shirt. And he said this to me. I hadn't actually been saved. I probably only been saved about a year and a half. And he said, "How did you become a pastor?" And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, "Just tell him." I knew what the Holy Spirit meant. The Holy Spirit was saying, "Don't water it down. Don't worry about how you're going to say it. Don't worry about trying to package it. Just share the raw encounter that you had with God, and watch what I'll do. And I'll never forget. I'm looking in the mirror. You know how you talk to the guy. Can you you look in the mirror?" I'm looking in the mirror and I said, do you want me to tell you the honest to God truth? And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, yes. And I said to him, I said, this is going to sound weird, bro. But I had, and I remember saying these words. I said, I had an encounter with the living God that changed my life forever. I explained the story that I just told you. I said to him, I felt... The love of Jesus Christ, I felt the love of almighty God violently break in that room that night and I encountered Jesus Christ. He put down the scissors, he walked over, grabbed his gay partner who was cutting someone else's hair, brought him over and looked in the mirror and said, i turned my chair around and said, I want you to tell him exactly what you just told me. And I began to share with them about the love of God. And I began to share with them about what God had done in my heart. And I want to tell you, they had that sense that something is real. Why? Because I was not so worried about pleasing man. We get so caught up about trying to please man. Are they going to accept me? Is it going to be all right? Are they going to, are they going to welcome me? Will they be okay with it? Listen, they may be, they may not be. That's not your role. Your role is to be an open vessel. Share what the Holy Spirit tells you to share. Let him do the work, but do not let the enemy cause you to contain what God has done. Don't be quiet about it. If you have an encounter today, tell someone tomorrow. If God blesses you, tell someone. That's why praise is so powerful some people say, well, I don't need to praise. I know that God is good. Declare it out of your mouth. That's praise. Something will start to shift in your life when you don't. When you make a decision to say, I'm not just going to think God's good. I'm going to start to let it flow out of me. I'm not going to contain God's goodness. I'm going to declare it this morning and say, my God's good. My God's faithful. I'm going to sing those words on that screen, whether I feel it or not, whether I'm going through something or not. Not there is something powerful when you decide to make that decision. I am not going to contain what God has done. He wants to, the enemy wants to contain it. He's not threatened if you're blessed, he's threatened when you start to become a blessing. He's not threatened. You think you driving a nice car bothers him, he couldn't care less what you drive. You think having a great house, you think walking in some blessing. Listen, when you start to shift from being blessed to start being a blessing when you make that decision to say, "You know what? God bless me this week." Now, how can I bless someone else? God bless me this week. I'm going to pour into the kingdom of God. You watch because when you make that decision that you're not just going to you're not just going to experience for yourself, you're not going to allow the enemy to cause you to contain it. You're going to let it flow through you. God will start pouring more out into you because you've shown and demonstrated that he can trust you. Don't Contain what God has done, worship. That's why it's so powerful. You might say, "But Ben, I, you know, I, I do depend on God. I, you know, I, I do love God. Tell Him when we're singing the songs, worship Him." Lift up those hands. Don't just stand there with your hands down. It's just a physical thing. But sometimes when you do something in the physical, it'll unlock something in the spiritual. When you make that decision, it's a sign of surrender. Do it when you don't feel like it. Do it when no one else is doing it. Don't allow yourself to just sit there and think, well, I know God's good. Declare it out of your mouth. Well, I know I depend on God. Of course, Ben, of course I depend on God. Of course, yes, I know I need God each and every day, get in worship and start to let it flow out of you. Say, God, I need you. God, I need you this morning. God, I cannot let this worship just stay in my heart. I'm gonna let it flow out of my mouth. I'm gonna declare, God, I'm dependent upon you. I need your touch this morning. I need your Holy Spirit this morning. Do not let it remain with you. Let it flow out and through you. It's powerful. The enemy, what he cannot deny, he will try to contain. And they said over these men, they said, We can't deny it. So let's try to contain it. I want to move real quick because I've gone a different direction. Further down, if you keep going down chapter 4, they leave the prison. After this discussion has gone on and they've been told, fine, you you did a miracle, don't tell anyone about it. So, of course, what did they do? They went and told some people about it. They went to the church and they told the church what had happened. And the church got together and the church prayed. Look at this prayer. in Verse 29, now, Lord, look on their hearts and grant to your servants. In other words, Lord, you see what I'm up against. You see what I'm dealing with. Look at what I'm dealing with. And then he says, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Now look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. It's an interesting prayer that they pray when facing adversity. So often when we are facing adversity, the adversity becomes our focus in prayer. I I know for myself when I pray, I often pray against what it is that I am dealing with or whatever it is that is coming against me. And in my heart, I think there are times for that. And I think that is good. But we see a different strategy here. They say, all they say about the adversity is, God, you know what's going on. Give me the boldness to overcome it. They prayed over. They didn't pray against the adversity. They prayed for strength and boldness for themselves. I want to tell you sometimes the thing that you're facing and dealing with, the thing that you're praying for and believing with, God wants to work the miracle through you. And I believe that so often the miracle is released when a spirit of boldness comes upon us as believers and we step up and recognise who we are in the kingdom of God and have the boldness to declare in the face of adversity that you will overcome. It's a spirit. Hear me church, I am not talking about a personality. We think boldness, we think that's just for the outgoing people. That's just for the confident people. That's just for the bold people. No, no, no. It's not a personality. There is a spirit. There's a spirit of boldness. That when it comes upon you, you'll be able to look hell and death in the face and say, this is not for me. I bind it now in Jesus' name and I continue to walk forward. If you look at Peter in this story as well, if you look at the life of Peter, we would look at Peter and we would think that's a bold person. You look at Peter, you know, Peter, he was always speaking out of turn. Peter, Peter's a dude that chopped off the soldier's ear when they came to get Jesus. That sounds bold, doesn't it? Peter, Peter in Matthew, Peter rebukes Jesus. Come on, bro. I mean, you've got some about to say something I shouldn't, but he rebukes. Gee, have you read that story? I love it. Jesus is predicting his own death. Peter's there, and he's like, "Hey, listen, Jay, come here, bro. Listen, listen, let's chat. This whole death thing. This is what he says. I'm paraphrasing Bible according to Ben. This, this he says, he says to Jesus, "This whole death thing. Listen, let's not talk about that. Come on, the future's good. Things are going to go well. Let's talk up, Jesus." He rebukes Jesus and Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Talk about a shutdown. When the son of God calls you Satan, that's time to pull a cord, bro. Just slowly back out. This is Peter. Peter, we would look at this personality and think that's a bold person. Until until he faces a spirit of intimidation and fear. When a little girl says to him, aren't you one of the disciples that was with Jesus? And all of a sudden what we think is bold just falls apart and becomes nothing. Until Peter has that encounter with the Holy Spirit and a bold spirit comes upon him. Then when he's arrested and the same man that crucified Jesus put him up in front of the court, he starts speaking to the court and said, I come at you in the name of Jesus, whom you crucified. There was a spirit of boldness came upon Peter. And I believe it's the same spirit that God wants to pour out over each and every one of us today, that you would go through adversities and challenges and carry upon you that spirit to overcome the enemy. It's the spirit of boldness. It goes further. Are you still with me? I hope so. We've got nine minutes. You think I can do this? Appreciate the, the uh, faith. Thank you. When they had prayed, they finished praying. They asked the Lord, how often do you pray and ask the Lord for boldness? When we come and we pray, how often are our prayers filled with what we want God to change in our life, filled with things we're facing. How often are our prayers saying, Lord, give me a spirit of boldness? The Bible says that the righteous shall be bold as a lion. Something will unlock in your life when this spirit comes upon you. It says, once they had finished praying, when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I want to give you three real quick things to walking in boldness. It comes from first, keep company with God the Son. That was the verse we talked about in 4 verse 13 where it says, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. When you get with Jesus, the spirit of boldness will get on you. Jesus was meek. He was mild. He was kind. He was graceful, but he was bold as a lion. Whenever anything was coming his way that was going to deter and try and get him off track, he, had no, he did not back down. He was on the front foot. When you get with Jesus, when you make that decision to keep company with God the Son, in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him that spirit of boldness will come upon you when you seek out the person of Jesus Christ. When you seek Him out in your heart, when your prayer times become more about drawing closer to Him than it is about what you want Him to do for you. How often do you get with God in prayer and say, God, I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your mind. I want to know what it is to walk closely with you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're feeling when you start to spend time with the person of Jesus that we read about in Scripture through the Word and through prayer. That spirit of boldness will come upon you. Real quickly, have confidence. First is keep company with God the Son. The second, have confidence in God the Father. They began this prayer in Acts 4, 24, before they prayed and asked for boldness. The first thing they pray. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. And look at this. And said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. There was an undeniable unshakable confidence that they had in who their God was. You will not step out in boldness if you are unstable in your understanding and revelation of who your God is. I am absolutely convinced that my God is good. He is faithful. I am convinced that He is a miracle working God. I am convinced that He is able to turn any situation around in a moment. I am I am convinced nothing can shake me from it, no situation, no unanswered question. You have to get that revelation of who your God is. It's not a revelation necessarily in the knowledge of God as much as it's a revelation in the nature of God. Because if your revelation is just in the knowledge of God, what happens when you go through something that doesn't make sense? We've all experienced it before. Why didn't this happen? God, why didn't you stop this? God, why didn't you heal this person? God, why did did this happen? See, if your revelation is wrapped up in the knowledge, your faith will fall apart in those moments. But when your revelation is grounded in His nature, you can say, God, I don't understand it, but I don't need to understand it. Because I understand you and I know that you're loving, I know you're good, I know you're kind, I know you're faithful. And when we get to heaven, maybe I'll ask you some answers. But between now and then, I'm gonna stand on the rock that is my God and declare that you're good in my life, you're faithful in my life, and no situation is gonna cause me to be in doubt and unbelief. I saw this story, I thought it was funny. A little girl was talking with her teacher about whales. That's not the end of the story. The teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because even though it was very, a very large mammal, its throat was very small. The little girl stated that Jonah was swallowed by a whale irritated, the teacher reiterated that a whale could not swallow a human. It was physically impossible. The little girl said, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher said, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl replied, then you ask him. I wanna tell you, you gotta know the Bible talks about having faith like a little child that says, listen, you can say what you want about my God, about my Bible, about what I believe, but I know that my God's good. I trust His Word. I trust His faithfulness. And I don't care what you say. He's a miracle working God. He's a healer. He's doing a great and mighty work. Take about 10 seconds and give God praise if you believe that He's good in your life. It's a confidence. It's a confidence. And lastly, as the, the team come real quickly, it's a confidence. Just keep company with God the Son. Have confidence in God the Father. And receive courage from God the Spirit. More happens in those moments where you're encountering the Holy Spirit than you realize. It's in those moments that He encourages your heart. It's in those moments that confidence has stirred up. It says, after they had prayed, when they had finished praying, the Holy Spirit came and moved upon them and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. A man who kneels before God can stand before men. When you know what it is to get in the presence of God and encounter the Holy Spirit in your life every single day, a spirit of boldness will come upon each and every one of you. I think of stories throughout Scripture. I think of Daniel chapter 3 where three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when everybody else was bowing down, When the crowd, can be so easy, can it, to be influenced and intimidated by a group of people. When the crowd are all doing one thing. I would have loved to have been there to watch these three dudes. Look at this idol, look around at everybody else. But they refused to allow intimidation. And a spirit of boldness came upon them. I think of Esther, this chick goes before the king and she says this, I'm gonna go before the king. Talk about a spirit of boldness. And the Bible says that she said, if I perish, I perish. Come on, we need that type of spirit upon us. If it all ends here, then so be it. But I'm not gonna deny who my God is and what He's called me to do. And a spirit of boldness came upon her. I think of David, scrawny little shepherd boy with a sling, running, running down, not, not walking down thinking, "Jesus, I wonder, I don't, anything could happen here. Running down to face Goliath. I want to tell you, church, and I feel the Holy Spirit, it's time for some of you to look hell in the face and run straight at the devil with a spirit of boldness and say, I'm coming after you. You're not going to take my family. You're not taking this business. You're not taking my family. You're not taking my finances. You're not taking my health. A spirit of boldness that says, if I perish, I perish, but I will not go down without a fight in Jesus' Name. Come on, give God praise for a moment. Come on, there's a bold spirit coming upon people this morning. Come on, if you need it, you say, God, fear's coming in. Doubt's coming in. Why don't you stand to your feet? Raise your hands to heaven. Come on, if the enemy's trying to intimidate you, say, God, I need that boldness now in Jesus' Name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.